get to the 35. For first down, they keep it on the ground, and Sanders is still going in Steelers territory. The Pittsburgh native, Miles Sanders, takes it all the way with his mom and many friends and attendants here at Heinz Field. 74 yards for an Eagle score. Wow. Wow, was not expecting that. You know, he doesn't get enough credit. Remember, he played with Saquon Barkley over at Penn State. Never really got the shine or the exposure, but look at that. He can go the distance, clearly have the elusiveness, the skills. I mean, that was a tremendous run. Then you look at the run, the run blocking, Greg Ward over there. Look at that white side doing a great job blocking to the house. What a response, too. Eggs. Saw Watt on the sideline switch. There's almost touchdown, Travis Fulgham. Held at one point by 17. Pulled to within two here in Pittsburgh. Eagles take a tough loss, 38-29 to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 1-3-1. and You know, welcome to the All About the Birds post-game live, streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, myself and Phil are here to break it all down to you. Just make sure you hit that like button, share, retweet. Um, just a tough, tough, tough game. Um, yeah. So it's, someone's it's, jumping in the picture there. It's all good. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a it's a tough game. It's a tough breakdown. We got lots to dive into, lots to talk about. Some positives. Some positives. In the comments section. What's that? Some positives, some negatives, but. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely some uh, negatives, uh, you know, you know, some positives as well. You know, we've got Steelers Nation checking in nonstop here already. Uh, you know, that, that that's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you know, there are a lot of positives, a lot of negatives. Pittsburgh's obviously a really good 3-0 and team. Um, but, man, I mean, <laughs> what, what, what was the biggest reason for the loss today? Was it Darius Slay not having a good game? Could we, could we put Ertz to blame? Could we put the refs to blame? Could we put the bad announcers to blame? Oh, my God, they were awful. Yeah. I'm going to blame Jim Schwartz. <laughs> yeah. And Jim Schwartz's awful defensive scheme that he's been running week in, week out, and it just, it just showed today. And, I mean, we're, we could just pull out the one play at the end of the game. I'm not even going to blame Nathan Geary for that touchdown to Chase Claypool. He shouldn't have been he on. Never been, he should never have been on that spot or in that position there. So, you know. My lights went um, out. Someone turned your lights out there. Oh, there we I go. mean, it's that bad. Lights are going out. Yeah. You know, Jim, Nathan Geary should never have been in that spot. Jim Schwartz should have got a timeout there, something like that. Why is there safety um, help? You know, there, Chase Claypool scores three touchdowns. Um, Gary, Gary that, that's all on Schwartz. So I'm going to blame Jim Schwartz. He is my main reason we lost this game, in my opinion. Not the Wentz interception, not Darius Slade, not anything else. 
I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts? What's the number one reason we lost this game? Um, it's it's got to be the defense. At one point, I look, and they show the drives for the Steelers, and it's touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. They couldn't get a stop. And then when they punted it, it was the first time they punted since it was on the, the first drive, which is mind, it's, it's mind-boggling and it's awful that you can't get a stop. And they were getting some pressure, but then it's called Pittsburgh's offensive coordinator. It's quick, 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 quick. Those quick little, those quick little passes, which something that you know, Jim Schwartz didn't adjust to. And we've, we've talked about how Schwartz goes and says, you know what, I'm just going to go with what I got and go from there. And the same thing happened with, the, you know, the end of rounds. Ray Ray McLeod, Chase Claypool. You know, they have all these, all these receivers that are going, they're taking these end of rounds, and no one's taking the proper angles. And, yeah, it's just, you know, Chase Claypool is the reason. Yeah, Chase Four Claypool touchdowns. is the reason we lost. Anthony checking in on uh, YouTube there. Um, but it's not that Chase Claypool is the reason we lost. It's Nathan Geary, not Nathan Geary, Jim Schwartz, um, not developing or adjusting his game plan to stop Chase Claypool. You know, you can't have Nathan Geary guarding him. And how, know, many it, times, not, how many yeah, times it, are we going to have to say this? It's not the way this. to do it. He's yeah. also saying the rest were terrible, which is true. Yeah. The team stinks. I mean, I know we feel that way right <laughs> now. And they played really good together, a lot better than the past few weeks, a lot of positives. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not even worried about getting Jackson or Jeffrey but, back. I think we found our... I think we found our number one receiver in Travis Fulgham. Shallow Cross has killed us. George, as always, checking in. Too many changes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, it has to come down to the defensive scheme. It has to come down to Jim Schwartz. Um, Frank, I won't post your comments up there. But, yes, I agree with you 100%. Um, yeah, we'll just hold from putting that one up there on the screen in case some uh, some kids are watching on online somewhere. But, yeah, Jim Schwartz blew this game, his game plan. What does the guy have to do to get fired? I, don't I mean, the guy know. just – He's got to have they, pictures of somebody. I, I just – I don't get it. Yeah, the clock's still running. That came down to the referees again. Yeah. The referees definitely had a bad day uh, today. Um, they definitely messed up on a lot of calls. Um, and, I, you know, we're blaming, you know, Schwartz and his scheme. But we got to talk if we're going to talk defense that Darius Slay obviously did not have his best game as an Eagle. No. You know, he definitely did not. I mean, he got hurt late in the game and didn't play the rest of the game. Uh, but that first half, I mean, the pass interference, the first one was probably a bad call on the ref's part. But the second one was straight him, and he was getting beat left and right. Yeah, and he got hurt at the, Got hurt towards the end of the game, and then they had uh, Craig, James, uh, Craig James back in the game after he came off of IR. So, you know, it's like I said, the, the pass rush just wasn't, getting there because they were getting the ball out so quick. And the one thing I, I always thought to myself, there was a, a number of third and third and longs, third and eight, third and seven, a couple of longer third downs, and yet they're playing six, seven, eight yards off of the receivers. Well, when Roethlisberger's throwing those quick, those quick crossers and everything like that, and they're bunching their receivers, and, and Vilma did say it a couple of times, you know, a couple of times they bunch them so they can't play close, but they're letting the one guy go free, and it's just... You know, Schwartz just didn't adjust, and it seems like it's an issue all the time. Schwartz not adjusting, and I don't know what he what what needs to happen for them to hold somebody accountable and do something. But it's it's getting to the point where yeah. Schwartz just needs I mean, to go. We, we we we've we've talked to six D how it's got to go to death. I'm I'm, I'm tired favorite. of talking about six D. But uh, you know you know you know all these little short dinks and dumps. 
know, what what happened? You know, maybe maybe play a little press coverage or something. Maybe jam these guys at the line exactly. line of scrimmage. Do something. But yet Jim Schwartz, he just goes out there, does the same thing, game in, game out. It never stops. We're getting torched on third down. That's that's correct. It's because they just don't have a scheme. You know, someone yeah. commented there a few minutes ago. What is the scheme? Morris did on Twitter. You know, there is no scheme. There isn't. It's just four guys running forward, and everybody else just sitting back there, not doing anything. And uh, yeah, long live Jeff Warner. We miss you, Jeff. We we did activate him from the pup list. He's got three weeks to recover to get back on the show. He was really close to making it on today. He's at home at least. He will be back shortly. Um, It'll be we back. can't wait to get back out there. You know, it'll be good. We, and as more to say it again on Twitter, we still control our schemes at one three and one. The division is still there. Um, I did say on the pregame show if we could take one of the two games against the Steelers and the Ravens, then we're still that that that's a good two game stretch. But it's that means we have to beat the Ravens next week. There will be fans hopefully in the stands, so you never know. It yeah, could I mean, pump you up a little. You know, bit, if we want but... to touch on something completely random and off topic of the game itself. I noticed a difference with the fans in there, especially after one of the touchdowns. I forget which touchdown it was. I wrote it down, but, of course, I can't find that note now. One of the Claypool touchdowns? <laughs> yeah, one of, one, of the first, no, one of the Eagles touchdowns, you can hear the Eagles, the few Eagles fans chanting E-A-G-L-E-S after it. It's big. So it's just nice to see that, you know, even with only 5,000 fans in a, you know, 60,000, 70,000-seat stadium, it was, uh, it was nice to be able to hear that fans. And you, even 5,000 fans, you still made a – Made, made a difference. Still, it's, it's should we have went for it on fourth and five instead of 57-yard field goal? I say yes, we should I have gone yeah. for it. I mean, I always say go for it when it's 52, 51 yards or longer uh, because any 50-yard field goal is such a low percentage kick. You know, you're down, you know, at that point anyway. You might as well go for it. Also, I think the announcer said, I forget exactly what they said, but Heinz Field's record field goal is either 52 or 53 yards anyway. So the odds of that field goal getting made, he had the leg. It just wasn't straight. He pushed it out to the right a little bit. It's just a low percentage take. So I think you take your chances on fourth down there and go for it. You have to. And that's the thing that Doug Peterson is known for is going for it on fourth, yet he decided to go for that long, long, long field goal, which I even was like, that just doesn't make – you're not – it's not like – the end of the game. It wasn't the end of the game. You still had – you were yeah, moving the ball. Six minutes left. I, say, I say you go for that fourth and five. It's definitely uh, George checking in. The record is 53 yards. Yeah. So a 57-yard field goal, even though he had the leg to get it there, the low percentage of that kick going through, it's not the smart play. you got a better percent chance of making a fourth and five than kicking a 57-yard field goal. So I think that was a, a letdown. Uh, Doug Peterson was a little bit aggressive from time to time. But that was a moment where he should have been aggressive, and he wasn't aggressive. No, and and that's the thing. Like, you know, talking a little bit about the offense and Doug Peterson and, like, the play calls, um, the one thing that I, I noticed, you know, Carson Wentz, he seemed to kind of – I know he made a couple bad uh, – I don't think – a lot of people I was looking on Twitter, that was not a bad throw. Urch just didn't run all the way through uh, the one interception. Oh, are you talking earlier in the game? Earlier in the game. Yeah, yeah. The, Ertz – yeah, I mean, we can we can talk about Ertz for ten minutes if you want. Ertz, yeah, Ertz definitely has checked out mentally and physically. Um, I was thinking about it right at the end of the game there when he missed the block on fourth de- yeah. on fourth down there. Um, if Goddard wasn't hurt right now, I bet you Ertz is hurt and they're just running him out there because he's just not. Not only is he mentally checked out physically, he's just not there. He's not running through contact. Yeah. He's not. 
you know, you know, staying with the ball and staying on his route. I mean, that interception was 100% on Ertz, and that was only one of three or four plays where he just, you know, he gets bumped and he throws his hands up like, you know, what's going on? Yeah. You know, instead just finish the play, then then look for the penalty. And the one thing that I noticed, the chemistry between Wentz and Fulgham seems to be there. He's throwing – he te- I saw the stat, 10 catches, 152, and a, and a touchdown. The last time they had a receiver with 10 yep. catches was Jeremy Macklin in 2014. And, you know, what I want to see, the one thing I wanted to ask you is when Deshaun and Alshon comes back and they if they sit Fulgham down, I think you're going to have an uproar because if this kid's playing – Absolutely. And especially with Ortega Whiteside getting the start and then all of a sudden quickly he's phased right out because Fulgham – Basically, yeah. Fulgham took over that game. And it, and it wasn't against Schlubs. He was playing against Mike Hilton, who's a very good corner. Joe Hayden, who's a very good corner. So he wasn't playing yeah. against backups. He was playing against very good talent. So I think yeah. they may have found a little yeah. bit of something with him. Yeah, Fulgham, Fulgham should and will play. It's just a matter of whether he will be playing the snaps he is. I, can't, I always wait till I get the official snap count and everything. But yeah, he'll still be out there. But, you know, Hightower today showed that he was – a rookie, yeah. you know, he doesn't track the ball perfectly yet. I mean, he still got a lot of potential and, and showed some flashes, and, and Wentz was looking his way uh, when there was opportunities. But Fulgham isn't a rookie. I mean, he's been in the league for a couple of years, obviously on the practice squad and all, so he's confident in himself. And that there, there's no way you could, you could sit him. The problem is when Alshon and Deshaun Jackson come back, you still got Greg Ward. Does Fulgham become the fourth guy? Or are you just going to start running a lot of three, four wide receiver sets? I'm not really sure how that's going to go. Yeah, and yeah, they were they they were in the game, especially coming back, and you know. Yeah, said, I mean, I mean, if Jeffries come back, maybe 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 you maybe you let him play a game and hope that you could trade him before the deadline. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Fogum needs to be out there. He obviously developed some great chemistry there. Um, I did start him in a couple daily fantasy leagues this week, just so you know. I did too. So big, big points right there. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is with the wide receivers. I don't know if you have the do you have the stats up on your screen there, the game stats. It's not loading for me. No, it's fine. I, there, there was another thing on offense and defense that really played a big factor in this game, and it's penalties. I mean, I feel like this was the game. I, I, I haven't seen a game with this many penalties against the Eagles, and normally the a pretty disciplined team get called like this. Yeah, it was, you know, and, and the thing was like th- that first one, like the slay penalty, and there there was a bunch. Even even that were called for the Eagles. It just seems like the refs just weren't. I just don't know what it was. They seemed the fans like come back and all of a sudden because the first couple of games there wasn't the penalties really weren't that bad and that atrocious. But today it just seems like the slay penalty, the, the uh, pass interference. And then even even that Claypool offensive pass interference, I, I just don't know if that, that was a little, little ticky tacky, may have been a makeup, I don't know, but I just yeah, think that, it was a little ticky. It was a bad call also, one hundred percent. And even the Brandon Graham face mask, um, mm-hmm. they didn't show a replay really of it. But if you go yeah, back, I, I didn't see a replay of it. Showed I wanted to see a replay of it because it obviously seemed like a a bad call. But you know, just you know, it's. The tough part is, and we knew this from the start, that they were going to have to beat him through the air because the Steelers' run defense was so good. And, and you can see. Plus, Lane Johnson, we've said it how many times. He went out again, you know, the Jason Peters, it seems like. Now it's it's him. Yeah, he every does single, have a Jason Peters syndrome going every, right now. Every single game. And it's just, 
you know, it's tough when you have to have Jordan Mailata who got beat towards the end of the game and you have Jack Driscoll. And we said that one of our keys were this offensive line. Um, you know, I, th- I think it was Sam on the last, the preview show said the key is to keep Carson upright, you know, protect, yeah. protect Carson. And I think they did a decent job. That's but- what I thought too. But Carson was knocked down 21 yeah. times today. When you look at so the stats. It, it, I'm, I'm, no, I, they, they showed it two to the last plays. It was 20 times knocked down. Then he got knocked down on that fourth down play. So I'm still trying to pull up the stats and all. But right. um, it, they showed it on screen. He was hit 21 times. So while the offensive line didn't look bad to the naked eye, they weren't, they weren't protecting him. You get yeah. hit 21 times, so the penalty, you're going to feel the effects of that big time. The penalty numbers, the... The Eagles had nine for 84 yards, and the Steelers had eight for 86 yards. So pretty, pretty even, but it's a lot of penalties. A lot, it's a of, lot penalties. of penalties. And another, we're getting another check in here. Fire Jim Schwartz. We said it like four times in 17 minutes already. Jim Schwartz has got to go. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm putting the sole blame on him for this. We too is trash. Um, Okay. I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean, but, but yeah, we are trash. If, Our team is trash at this point. One three and one, it is what it is. Carson runs into hits. It's not all on the line. That is trying true. to make that some a- too much out of out of nothing. Um, he does that a little too much, but um, <laughs> the the other thing was looking at the rush. You know, the rush numbers. You know, look good and all, but they're not because you take that 74 yeah. yard rushing touchdown away. You run 15 times for 20 yards. Yeah, that's and then that, and that's the other aspect of it right there. I mean, we weren't down much most of the game. So the fact that we had 16 rushes compared to 36 passes, I know they have a really stout run defense, but, you know, you still got to run the ball a little bit, at least make an effort to, because then it sets up the passing game. Yeah. and This is something we'll have to to look at. Maybe we'll talk about it leading up to our next show, who we would let take over the defense. I'm not really sure at this point. Mark Quan Manuel, the DB's coach. That's who I would do. Used to oh, be a deep I mean, coordinator in Atlanta. That's my guess for okay. in season. But you're also hearing fire press <laughs> Taylor. You know, take play calling. We addressed this a couple times yeah. on previous shows. Yeah, I mean, keep coming in with the comments, everybody. We appreciate it. You have to have but some yeah, type of accountability. Brian, Brian Doc saying the team wasn't in sync. The, the team hasn't been in sync all year. You just see it on play calls that there's no rhythm to the team. There's no rhythm on offense. There's no confidence in each other on offense or defense. Um, but that again comes down to coaching, one hundred percent. Yeah, and you got Brian also saying the Steelers are for real. We were outmatched. We were outmatched, but this was a close game for most of the game. And coming into this week, the Steelers had three games. They were three and zero. The combined record was like one and nine, one and ten against their other opponents. They never scored more than twenty eight points yet this year, but yet we gave up thirty eight points. And we're supposed to have a much better defense than some of our, you know, some of the opponents that they faced and all earlier this year. So I really expected a lot more out of the defense yeah we're not benching Wentz sorry we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna blow right through that comment can we fire Schwartz but that's Hurst like the did have his first comment co- now in 19 minutes on that but train uh, hurts I mean we're gonna talk about that yeah. actually in a few minutes probably the uh the the big thing is Hurts did have his first completion I thought that was an interesting play call yeah I, I mean, do it was say a something play call honestly at that point when you're down because I wrote that down hold on it was 550 left in the game it was third down 31 um, we said it before. I said it before. You don't do trickery in the fourth quarter when you're down in a close well, game. Well, the thing you, was, you just don't do it. Watching that play, Kelsey was next to Ertz over there. Kelsey was like twitching and jumping. I'm surprised they didn't call it back nope. for a false start. 
But, yeah, that's true. You know, if, yeah, no, that, that's definitely a, it's definitely um, an issue there. I love. I mean, I think I only saw Hertz out there for two, maybe three plays. Yeah, again. he wasn't out a lot. Um, if you're not going to do it seven, eight, ten times to get even Hertz in a rhythm, you just do away with it at this point. There's no point to it. And when you're I think it happened last week, too. Two of the three plays that Hertz was in there last week and this week were in the late crunches of the game. That's not when you start doing it. You do it in the beginning of the game when, you know, you're still building up. And if, so if a mistake happens, which Hertz fumbled twice so far this year already, not lost the fumble, but he's, he's fumbled a couple times, you, you have time to recover from them. When you've got five minutes left in the game in a close game, you don't do it at that point. It's, it worked out. That was nice. It was a nice throw, wide open pass over the middle. But you just don't do that. It's just not necessary at that point. No, and you know the. It looked fast on one play, just yeah. you know, and sharp on one play. It's 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 a little too much to don't don't jump the gun on that there. Yeah, Geary on the field period is a mistake. Geary and Jalen Mills for MVP for the Steelers. Um, that's probably who they're giving their game balls to in the Steelers locker room right now. What are our thoughts on the linebackers? I mean, we we trash Geary nonstop. I mean, he's he's terrible. Singleton had a couple nice plays. He didn't. Yeah. He, he didn't look sharp every every play today. Duke Riley but, led him in tackles today, thirteen yeah. tackles. But who who did Duke Riley? Duke Riley. Yeah. Uh, he he caused that fumble. We for, Doug. We're not replacing Doug, and we're not benching Carson. Hurts needs to be more. Needs to be in mm-hmm. more, and not at all. Exactly. That's I've been I've been preaching that. You don't just run the trick. It's not trickery if you only do it twice a game. Yeah. You can't get any rhythm or momentum. One play. Wentz is overrated. No, I'm going to stop putting those comments up there just so you know. No. <laughs> we have linebackers. I don't know if we do or not. But, yeah, we do know the linebackers coach won't be the one to replace Jim Schwartz. I couldn't tell you who the linebackers coach was, but he's not the one to replace Jim Schwartz. No, I hope not. But I yeah, hope it's, not. It, it's tough because you don't have T.J. Edwards, who's their run-stopping linebacker. And I know he's not great, but he did well in that. He's, not, he's, no, he's no world beater either. No, but he's good against the run. So then when you have that, you put uh, Gary. Gary was playing a lot of his snaps in the middle. And like I said, the, the one run for Connor, uh, speaking of the linebackers, Gary comes in, gets sucked in by Pouncey, and then right, out, right out, outside the edge, Epps takes a wrong angle and he goes 30-something yards. And that's another thing. I know I understand they don't have many with, – with the injuries to the cornerback position and not having Mills playing safety, you have to play Epps more. But – Epps is trash. I mean, he had an awful game as well. You should have been getting uh, – came on Wallace more snaps. I, I know Wallace was listed as a starter again. Again, I'd like to see the snap count at when they eventually get you know put out there. But it felt like he was never out on the field. Yeah. So anybody, real quick, before we keep going, anybody that's checking in and commenting, thank you very much. Keep the comments coming. We'll keep getting them all, even though we're not benching Wentz or firing uh, Doug Peterson yet. Um, <laughs> but if anybody's watching the post-game press conferences in the background also, let, you know, drop me some comments on what you know Doug Peterson says when he addresses the, the media, and, and same thing with Carson Wentz. You know, I, I, can't, I can't watch both, so you know, we'd really like to uh, hear what some of those comments are from them. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I'm really... Actually, I don't want to hear what he has to say, but um, not not right now. But I mean, into the week, I really want to hear what Jim Schwartz has to say because he's talked time and time again about being prepared, and they didn't look like they were really prepared because no, not at all. And there's so many times you can say that until what I've said is the accountability aspect. You have to hold someone accountable, whether it's it's relieving him of his duties. I I don't know because they don't bench anybody on defense. 
You know, no. someone can be bad. They'll just keep putting him out there. And you, you, know, you know, Doug Peterson lets Jim Schwartz. He's the head coach of the defense. He's not the defense coordinator. Yeah. You know, he gets the call who put get, is put on the field. Doug Peterson needs to step up and be like, "Yo, Jim, no more Geary." You know, you know, he's got to hold Schwartz accountable for that. Limit him. Not playing him a hundred percent and piece a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Singleton made some nice plays last week. He made a few nice plays this week. But yeah, all of our linebackers on any three and 4 and five and team would not be starting. Not one of our linebackers at this point. No. And and the other thing is, we're gonna keep bringing it up because it's gonna be it's evident. It's the it's, you know, Davion Taylor. You draft him in the third round, and yet he doesn't sniff the field. You know, and there's plenty of third round linebackers and fourth round linebackers on on Sunday that I see that are making plays and are on defenses and they're are playing a lot. And Eagles just, you know, you got the Alex Singletons and the Duke Rileys and the Nathan Garys, and you know you're not. You know, Sean Bradley, who had one stop, but, he, you know, you have no depth. No depth. And, you know, it's almost like we're just preaching to the choir. We're just – it's just the same we're, spiel. I, feel like we're, I mean, we're only five weeks into the season. I pretty much feel like every single post-game show is talking the same thing over and over again. And I can't understand how the coaches aren't seeing this and making adjustments and making changes out there. Because, I mean, obviously you can't pull Geary out to put somebody else in if you don't have anybody. But, you know, we haven't even seen Damian Taylor. You know, we haven't seen enough of these young rookies and young guys to know whether they can do it or not. You know, you, you got to make some change. It's, I, I know sometimes people will say you don't make change just for change's sake. But at this point, we've seen enough to know that Geary isn't doing the job, so you might as well put somebody else out there. Why not, why not change? Like I said, for me, it's why not change it up to maybe light a fire under the guy you're benching to maybe – you know, in those limited snaps that he has, plays a lot better than he's playing at 100% of snaps. You know, you have yeah, to I mean, do something. Let's give the second string B. I, I got you, Brian. You know, it's, yeah. it's the truth. You know, I want to I put out, you know, we, we always are rag on Geary, and I'm going to do it again, and I, I shouldn't. Um, but Jim Schwartz said last week that, you know, in his press conference that, you know, it looks like Geary's doing bad, but he's really playing good. He's just, we're blaming him for other people's, you know, mistakes. mistakes. You know, there was a, early in the third quarter, uh, in the end zone, uh, Jalen Mills, who we could touch touch on him and how bad he was if you want, he got called for passive interference in the end zone. Whoever whoever can do it, I don't have a video of it right now, but watch that play back. Nathan Geary rolls out to the same side, and he's just standing there, guarding nobody. He literally is standing. He could have dropped two feet back, and maybe Mills wouldn't have had to make that passive interference, or he could have stepped two feet up. And maybe put his hands up in, in, in Ben Roethlisberger's face. But he was literally just standing there doing nothing. And, and, you know, he, he, he's lost. in. He's actually made a few plays in the run defense. But not enough to justify what he's doing out there in the passing game. He's Somebody not- needs to find that video. You know, maybe we'll, we'll find it after the show. And we'll post it up on one of our social media accounts. But he's literally standing there with nothing going on. It, it, it's, it's awful. Yeah, and... And Morris checked in again, simplify the defense. I think actually our defense is too simplified yeah. because Jim Schwartz runs the same defense playing in and play out. They don't blitz, and I really don't think they – I think maybe once – they did that one blitz that didn't get home, and I think they – I don't know if they got a long pass or yeah, – they, they, they never actually call blitzes. It's no. Our front four is really good. Yeah, You know, it's just – they're just getting pressure. If it's not a blitz when they're getting sacks. It's just the front four putting pressure just because no five people, no five offensive linemen can guard our four 
linemen, no matter which four are out there, straight up. They're just that good at it. So it's, it, there, there is no blitzing going on. And, and for me, like watching the defense, and they're talking about, you know, the Eagles came in number one in sacks, you know, no longer number one in sacks. But they came in, we'll say right now, top, top five in sacks. You get that amount of pressure. You get that type of pressure. But then you look on the back end and just, yeah, you have Darius Slay. You know, Rodney McLeod has been has, – he's having a good season. Um, it's kind of a, you know, under-the-radar type of season, but he's having a very good season. But you just don't have anything else behind him. And, and it sucks because I think the problem is – I know you and I – because you grew up in the Buddy days. I grew up in the Jim Johnson era. We, you know, watching those defenses, and I know it's a different style of football than it is nowadays. But we – I said, I miss that type of hard-nosed defense, the blitzing, coming out of nowhere, confusing the quarterbacks. There just is none of that with Jim Schwartz. He doesn't try and confuse anybody. And you can go and look at the numbers. Okay, look at that. I mean, again, we still might be in first place after today, you know, if, the, if this holds up. George checking in, Giants up 14-3. That, that's, yeah, that's not a surprise. Doubt, now, if you think the Eagles' defense is bad – if you think the Eagles' defense is bad, just go and watch that game for a little bit and see how terrible the Cowboys' defense is. Yeah, look, look at this comment from Morris. You're talking about those older defenses. Yeah. This is key right here. Yeah. You know, we had Seth Joyner, Byron Evans, Willie Thomas, later on, Jeremiah yeah. Trotter. Carlos you know, Emmons. We had linebackers. You know, we had who? Carlos Emmons. He wasn't a great linebacker. He was a good he linebacker. Was okay. He was a good he, linebacker. He, he would be best on our team right now, but he wasn't that great. But the but thing yeah, is, Carter, Willie Thomas. But the thing is, when know. when other guys left, they would sign proven veterans. Sean Barber, you know, Levon Kirkland. I know Levon Kirkland wasn't great, Kirk, but he, but was, he, was, he was, good, was good at the run game. But they exactly. pulled him out on third down, and on, when it was a passing play, he wasn't on the field. Yeah. But they would sign guys like that, and then later on we got, and then it went into the, I don't really care too much about linebackers. They're expendable. You don't really need them. And yeah. Which, if you look. You still, you still need linebackers. And like you said, look at all these undefeated teams, and look at their defense, and look at strictly their linebacker play. And you, you can name at least one guy who's very good. I mean, Johnny will disagree that the best defense was 05. He'll say 91 was 91. the best defense. And I, and I may agree with him on that. But, yeah, you know, the 05 defense was pretty stout. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we could talk about it. So we want to keep talking defense. We'll get into offense a little bit more in a few minutes. But Jalen Mills, obviously another week playing poorly as the cornerback, too. Um, hopefully Maddox is back soon because it's, you know, obviously not working. It didn't work the last couple of years with Mills as cornerback. It's not working now. He wasn't working as a safety either. If Matt, just say hypothetically, Maddox comes back next week, which I don't think he's ready to come back, and Will Parks comes back, whichever week they do, where does that leave Mills? I mean, I know I've said Will Parks isn't a starter, but if you're going to rotate two or three safeties out there with Epps and Kayvon Wallace and even, you know, Willie Parks, you know, if Maddox is back at cornerback two, that really leaves Mills off. And that, that's actually okay. Because he's just not meant for this. Now, Jalen Mills might get cut or get traded eventually or move to another team. And he might succeed, kind of like Rasul Douglas. Sidney Jones had an interception today for the Jaguars. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar. A lot of people do that. Yeah. But it's because he doesn't fit the scheme that we're running. He's not a one-on-one cover corner. And the the things are... He shouldn't have been brought back. Can Mills play linebacker? He he can't be any worse than he is at quarterback. Scotty checking in more living. I mean, yeah, I'm right there with you, Scotty. We're we're both living right now because this falls on the defense. Wentz, we can transition shortly into the offense, 
But Carson Wentz played. I know he had two picks, more picks today. But he played really well considering the situation. Going up against a great defense and stuff like that. So it, it, it's extremely frustrating. And, you know, speaking about the defense, you know, you look at Jalen Mills and you look at a guy like Will Parks and – these guys are on one-year deals, and there's no guarantee they even come back next year. So yeah, you know them showing really you, them not showing you anything. You know Parks can't even get on the field because he's still hurt, and Jalen Mills, you know, not playing very well. You know, you know they're playing themselves out next year, and you're gonna have a whole yeah. a whole changing of the guard basically it's back there. Tough. It's gonna be tough for them to even find jobs next year. Yeah, let's and transition to offense. I let's mean, we go. We're gonna pass the offense or the defense all we want. Hold on, we got a couple more defensive comments here. Schwartz is a oh. fraud. Was he done? He gets torched. Yeah, I mean, he's met. Yeah, it, it, I mean that, that 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 post says it all. You know for sure. You know, defense wins. Buddy's defenses were awesome. Yeah, we need. A, yeah, I mean, we're missing the Malcolm Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins. Brian Dawkins leadership on that defense. Absolutely. So transi- yeah, that, that is true. Transition. Did not play well. Let's transition into this. Let's we go. Start right here. Sorry, I know you got a thought, but he no. did play well. I was going to touch he made on good that. Reads from the ball. You know, the interception was on Ertz. That first interception. The other interception was more of a punt, like the announcer said. One of the few smart things they they said. You know, he didn't play an excellent Wentz's elite type game, but he played so much better than he has in previous weeks. He was looking, finding the open receiver. He actually showed us some chemistry with some of these young guys today. I, I, I think he made a lot of great decisions on the field today, and I think I think he showed. I think he played a great game today. We got some people agreeing with me. He played well, you know. You know, let's see what else we got here. He did not lose us the game, but a long play from there, I don't know. Scotty agreeing with me, checking he played well. The line played better, I don't know. They played okay, considering how inexperienced they are. The face mask, we still can't find a, co- a video of the Phantom face mask call, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I mean, what do you think of Wentz's performance? I thought Wentz played – I think he played well. Um, you know, it, it, he didn't give – Compared the to the rest of the season. Oh, he not played – Not compared to previous years, but compared no. to the rest of the season. He played well. Yeah, he you know he played well. The nice throw to Greg Ward in the, in the uh, corner of that end zone. You know, Travis Fulgham and him seemed to have a connection. He was making those throws. And, you know, the thing was that with no run game, and it had to be all on Wentz, and you're going up against a defensive line, a defense like the Steelers with that patched-up offensive line. For me, you know, Wentz 20-35, 258 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, his rating was only 75.7 just because of the two interceptions. The one basically was a Hail Mary punt, like we said. But, yeah. you know, talking about – after we talk about this, Wentz, I want – I have a, an Ertz thing. I know you have to touch on it too. We'll have to get into that. But what do you think about Wentz? How do you feel going forward this game can kind of – I know they lost, but – So here's, here's an interesting thought. I was just bringing it up because I brought the stats up too on my phone. You know, he threw the ball 35 times. But, and obviously he had a great connection with Fogum going. He had 13 targets to Fogum and all. But the thing is, most games, he zeroes in on just Ertz and just, like, one other guy, whether it's Fulgham or Greg Ward normally and everything. Um, but he got he, – he targeted Hightower six times. He targeted Ertz six times. You know, he targeted Went, or Ward five times. You know, that, that they are things that actually – you know, he, he's spreading that ball around a little bit more, which is when he was at his best, was when he was not thinking and throwing it to all the different targets that he had out there. So I, I'm really impressed with that. I mean, Hightower, you know, missed that catch in the end zone. And I would love to say that he, it was a tough catch, but he, he needs to make that play. His hands were like this when it should be like that. It's because he didn't see the ball. Yeah. He didn't see it. Because we saw on two or three plays today, he does not track the ball when it's in the air well. Um, but that's a rookie mistake. 
but it didn't let he, like Carson didn't lose confidence in him. He kept going to him multiple times. Um, the actual thing that I want to see more out of Wentz in the passing game is the passes to Miles Sanders. Yeah, he seems to miss a lot to him, but then they also don't. He doesn't look his way. He sails a whole bunch to Sanders. He did it again today. Um, but he doesn't look his way at all. Miles Sanders can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's a fast enough, shifty enough running back where he's, he had four targets today, but only had two catches for 19 yards. He is definitely someone that needs to get the ball more. If you're not going to hand him the ball 11 carries today, you better start getting the ball out of the backfield. You find a way to do it, whether it's the screen game, the swing pass. I saw about three plays today that he was on a swing route or the Jets, whatever you want to call that, out and up and yeah. all wide open and Wentz didn't even look his way and that's and that's the other thing you know I don't know if you if you realize it but watching the Steelers screen game and watching the Eagles try and run a screen it's like two different worlds oh my god like watching Night that day. and we're so used to Andy Reid's screen and how even earlier in Peterson's coaching career they ran the screen really well they they can't do anything the one was thrown right at Ertz's feet it just seems like there's no continuity with a sc- like the screen I don't know if Wentz isn't selling it right I don't know if they just can't get can't get the defender. I don't know what it is, but they just can't get a screen because if you can't get the screen game going, I feel like that's another wrinkle to the offense that could absolutely help Wentz get in a rhythm, going quick, being able to get those easy five, six, seven, eight yards, you know, all depending. But they just can't run a screen. Even to Miles Sanders, let him get out in space, and they just they just can't do it. I left this comment up on the screen. Frank White checking in. He's checked in a bunch today. It's great. Thank you very much. Can we get a healthy right tackle or left tackle? We've addressed the right tackle. Lane Johnson has got Jason Peters syndrome. Um, he definitely has to get healthy. He hasn't been right all year. Um, they, they Didn't they say that they drained like a bunch of fluid out of his ankle this week and all? Um, but actually, I want to talk left tackle. Jordan Maialata. I said it coming into this week. If he stayed the same and performed as equally as last week, that was a step forward because last week's front four was a lot different than the front that we were facing this week against Steelers. And yes, Carson got hit a bunch and there was pressure in his face and we had no run game today, but that's more Pittsburgh than the offensive line. I thought Jordan Maialata, you know, there were a couple plays he got blown up, but again, his second start in the NFL to not give up a, like that was a game that had Winston justice, nine sacks, you know, given up or whoever it was written all over it. And, and they held their own, and Jordan Mailata held his own. Pryor didn't play bad. Herbig didn't play bad when he was out there. Jack Driscoll, a little, little rough filling in for, you know, Lane Johnson. But you're but going I against T.J. Watt. Yeah, exactly. I did not think Jordan Mailata at left tackle played bad. I think he's earned the last two weeks the right to pretty much be designated our starting left tackle moving forward, even when Peters comes back. I would agree. And, you know, if, if to me, I know they're not going to do it, but if Peters comes back, why, why not just put yeah, him back? they're going to put him back out there. We know that, but they shouldn't. I'd rather see him at right guard, honestly. But we, never, we haven't seen him at right guard yet, so we don't know what he could do there. But he's obviously slower, a step slower, yeah. so maybe that's a better spot for him. You know, that is what it is. But, but yeah, let, let's talk Zach Ertz real quick You know, on the offense. I mean, we've talked a bunch this year about Ertz or Goddard moving forward. Do you trade either of them? What you do. You know, he obviously wants... Um, keep in mind, my lot of those kids, Dupree. Yeah, I know, but Dupree's still a really solid, solid defensive lineman. Um, what do we do with Zach Ertz moving forward? Because obviously, the contract issues and the demands—he wants a new extension. He wants to be paid like Kittle and and uh, and Kelsey. He's obviously not performing like it. So, what do we do? Do we trade him? He, he has no trade value with the way he's played the last couple of weeks. He's zapped it all away. 
can you keep running them out there? I mean, what what is there that the Eagles coaching staff or Carson Wentz can do to get in his ear and get him motivated to play like the the all pro tight end he is and should be? You know, if if they get Deshaun back and they get Alshon back and they have Fulgham start breaking out, and you have and you have uh, Goddard come back in maybe another couple weeks. But even even before that, if you get Jackson and Alshon back and he still doesn't look right, slow off there, and just doesn't – I really don't know what you do. Um, to me, I don't think he gets a contract extension. I don't think he's going to be here for the future. I just I, – I He hasn't earned it. And no, and I think they've made that decision already. I think he knows it, uh, whether he's been told that or he just feels that's, that's going to be the case. But I know he doesn't have much trade value. Uh, he may be able to get you a later round pick, like a fourth round or something. But yeah, that's but, still like but honestly, at the beginning of the season, before this season, people were talking. You get a first round pick from him. You look at the deal. Uh, who made the trade? Was it Cleveland made the trade or Atlanta made a trade for a tight end? Second round pick, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, and and Hurst coming into the season was considered much better than Hayden Hurst. Yeah. So there, there's no doubt in the mind that you could get a first or a second for Zach Ertz. But you now did. the way he's playing, if you got a third at this point, they'd be yeah. considering it a steal. I mean, obviously you can't get rid of him with Dallas Hurt and stuff like that. But, I mean, he, he's walking himself right out of the city. I mean, the effort, you get slightly bumped and you don't finish your rest. Even if that ball wasn't intercepted, there are other plays today that he did the same exact thing. He just quits on plays. And that is so unlike him. And I'm, I'm really surprised that his mental his mental mindset isn't strong enough to handle and play through the, the outside distractions like this because he's been – Somebody that's played through injuries, played through contact, played through triple teams before, and he's not making the effort today. It's really pissing me off right now. And it's actually one right up there with Schwartz in the level of frustration right now. Is it as big a frustration as watching Greg Ward get three yards per catch? I mean, get <laughs> he had a touchdown. Great, good for him. You know, he's a really good number four wide receiver. I agree. But the guy gets no separation. But you know, I to me, I want to see I. I want to see Fulgham and Wentz keep that chemistry going. See what they can get out of him the next couple of games. Let him keep playing. Because if you find something in him to wind up being, you know, one of a top target for years to come with Wentz or whatever, if you can find something out of that, keep going to it because they need to find some playmakers. Um, you know, you have a Fulgham and then say, you know, when Jalen Rager gets back and, um, and you have guys, Alshon, if he's showing you something, but, you know, with, with yeah, and, and obviously Ertz is getting double teamed a lot. It's obvious. But he's you been know? always you but said it. He's been double teamed before. They're going up against the Ravens, another good defense. Yeah. You know, they they're gonna have all of this game's game film. Fulgham's not gonna be wide open the whole game. No. So does that mean that Ertz gets more opportunities in the middle of the field? I don't know. Um I actually feel like Alshon and Djax were really close this week to play. So I think actually at least one, if not two of them, are back next week. Um, which definitely changes things a little bit. But again, you know, Ertz needs to mentally stay in the game and yeah. not let the little things frustrate him. I mean, obviously he's hurt, beat up a little bit, but, you know, he, he's got to do a better job. Yeah, and, and, like, any little contact, like you said, he stops, throws his hands up, wants a flag. Fight through it, put your arms out there, catch the ball, or try to make a catch, or do something. It just... He just, he, he just looks checked out, looks not I mean, not interested in doing. Two years ago, when he had like two years ago, when he had like four hundred catches, whatever it was, it was you know he had the record, NFL record, you know, for a tight end for a season. Um, 
He got plenty of games. He was getting bumped off the line of scrimmage, and he played through them. You know, he's 30, 31 years old. He wants that big deal. He's not playing that's, like someone that's going to get that big deal. You no, know, I was going to ask you. That's what, that's what you know, is you know, Dan, checking in. The coaching staff doesn't call out any of their players. No, they don't hold anyone accountable. There's no accountability. This is Brett Brown Sixers level of lack of accountability. And the thing is, watching Ertz, and I don't want to say it, but to me, is his body breaking down at that? You know, he's 30, 31. He's taken a lot. He's played, you know, he's played a good amount of football. He's taken a lot of big hits. I, I just don't know. If, is he is he slowing I'm, I'm down? Quick on the spot comparison, totally different players, but kind of the same skill set. Jason Witten, you know, he played the same kind of role. The, the chip, get chipped all the time, the over-the-middle plays and all with the Cowboys. And he's still playing 38 years at 38 years old. You know, so if he could do it, same guy, he's slower than he once was, but he's still out there making plays. Yeah. So, you know, Ertz at, what is Ertz, 30 or 31 right now? I think, I think he's, he's 31. I think right? he's 30. I thought he was 30. 30, 31, whatever he is. He'll be, yeah. I mean, hypothetically, he should want to be playing for five more years, six more years at least. You know, he's, whether he's hurt or not, he's a big body guy. He's got to be able to take that contact, play through it, and, and not let the outside distractions get in the way and that's really what it comes down to he is mentally checked out because he wants to be paid the eagles don't want to pay him and you know again like george said a few moments ago you're not going to trade Ertz midseason because of the injuries i agree we're not going to trade him but it's a thought process that needs to at least be addressed because right now he's what what is he doing on the field right now that perkins can't do or butler or or who's the other guy that they called up Kroom. you know they the what do you have? Two catches today, Ertz, or one catch? One catch for six yards. Yeah. I mean, everybody else, all our other tight ends could put a one catch up there on the board. So, you know, he's not actually doing anything that's actually making a positive influence on this team. And, and you know, the, one thing I want to go a little bit off, I just want to bring it up. Um, you know, talk about the other NFC East. Uh, the Giants are winning 14-3. to And the uh, the Redskins, or, well, I said it, the football team oh. lost today. But the biggest news and I want to bring it up just because it's... A, George is saying that he's only 29, so even, even younger. So there's even less reason for him to be... To be breaking down right now. But Alex Smith, after an injury to Kyle, yeah. Kyle Allen played, and I just wanted to bring it up real quick just because uh, the story... Everybody knows they're talking about Alex Smith on this show a bunch. I'd love to hear his stats if you've got them. Um, I will he, pull them uh, up for you. I had a very similar injury. I've talked about it here before. I had the really bad leg break in college as a, playing a pickup game of football. The fact that he was even allowed to dress for a football game, it's, it's a huge uh, inspiration to me, for sure. He was 9 of 17 for 37 yards. He was yeah, sacked. Not, nothing spectacular. But he was he sacked six, six times. So the, the oh, Washington's man, that's, that's not... A, that's a rough welcome. Uh, obviously, means he might, I, you know, without seeing the highlights, he wasn't healthy like he used to be to run away from the pressure because he was definitely a underrated running quarterback and mobile quarterback. But it's a heck of a story. But, you know, getting back on Ertz, like, you know, Ertz looks like... Yeah, I mean, this is actually a good comment. He looks yeah. like Gronkowski. I mean, I'm guessing grinds mean Gronkowski there, Garrett. Yeah. You know, worn out and hurt. That That is exactly how, you know, uh, you know Rob Gronkowski looked last year as well. Um, yeah, and Gronkowski looked checked out mentally as well last year. So that's a really good, really, really good comparison there. Um, yeah, and even though Gronkowski came back this year, you know... You know, he's not the same player that he once yeah. was. He's not a focal point. And that's the thing, like, you know, do you pay, like, you know, p- to pay Ertz that money and then, you know, him not give you the type of production that he's been, it's just, it's it's something that makes you really think, and, you know, what's this team going to look like? 
you know, that, and that's and that's the big reason I say play these, let these young guys play. I know Alshon and Desha- and Deshaun's coming back, but you know, if you get like a breakout game, let them ride the hot hand. Let them keep going. Let them, you know, grow grow with Wentz, grow with the confidence. And I know you have a tough game next week uh, with Baltimore, but and we do need Goddard. We need Goddard because yeah, I mean, he gives you that extra dimension in the middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind now after the way he's performed mentally not just physically but mentally the last couple of weeks that this team moving forward is going to move forward as Dallas Goddard is their number one wide receiver I mean in my mind you know they don't like it when players check out like that he's going to be moved at some point whether it's this year or in the offseason no doubt yeah and they had a chance against the Ravens I mean we'll break down the Ravens game more in depth on our week our week six preview show on Wednesday night but I mean I said we had to win one game now uh, the next two we lost today so we got to win I mean I didn't see the Ravens game. They smoked the Bengals, which killed every single one of my parlays and teasers. The Bengals plus 13 or 12 and a half, whatever it was, and the over-under in that game was my number one gambling play of the week, and I got crushed on it this week. Um, so I don't know. i got to see what they did. But I think we could stop the Ravens. I think we could play. Their, their, their passing game isn't that stout. Uh, and uh, Mark Ingram isn't run the ball like he did last year. So, you know, it's going to come down to linebackers and scheme on defense, which is a big issue. But, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. I know they got to the Super Bowl, but they take the blunt of the blame. But when I mean, I'm put. I put blame on Wentz this year. Yeah. I put blame on Doug. I've said Doug needs to lose play calling, and they need to be held accountable for not holding Jim Schwartz accountable on yeah. his defensive side too. So there's a lot of blame to go around. It's just up to everybody to gut check, look in the mirror, and know that they need to make different decisions on the on the coaching, on the play calling, on the on the decisions on the field. There's no doubt about it. It's, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. It is for sure mental. Um, there is wear and tear. He has taken a beating, not as much as Gronk, but he has taken a beating. But the mental aspect of it also hurts you in preparing your body. You know, if you're mentally checked out, you're going to feel hurt more. You're going to feel tired more. You're not going to recover as well from the big hits and stuff. Uh, just need to stop Jackson next week. Yeah, I mean, that, wow. that's the only play. But our, that's Easy where our linebackers come into play. And, and our linebackers, we know, are complete trash so you know that's not good we don't have malcolm jenkins to spy on either so yeah. giants are now up 17-3 that is huge yeah. um i don't know what's up with the cowboys and this year the cowboys are just an awful first three and a half quarter you know 3.5 quarters of the game team the other thing i just saw too was miami was up on san fran 21-7 so and like i said this year is you know, 2020, it's it's crazy. You can't really yeah, predict anything. we got to talk about Wednesday night, about all the schedule rearrangements and all yeah. that. But, you we'll know, get into you know I mean, he brought it up, you know, moving forward. Can we win against the Ravens? It, it's going to be a close call. Um, it's it's going to be another close game. Um, but we've the, the coaching staff has to really watch the tape from this week and really look themselves in the mirror on who they're playing, what plays they're running on offense and defense, and when people get healthy – the, the little rhythm we've got with Fogum and Wentz into, not change it up just to put the vets back in there, you know, keep coaching these guys up. But it's got to be – you got to put who, – who used to say it all the time? Andy Reid. You know, i got to put my players in a better position to win. Yeah. You know? It, well, they, they, I know it sounds cliche, but they're not putting the players in the right spot to win. And the thing is – winning 10-7 up against the Colts right now. Yeah. That's a good update. That's supposed to be a good game. I'm ashamed that's not on TV right now. And, and the thing with Baltimore – with your defense playing against a team like Baltimore who runs, you know, with Lamar Jackson with all the running backs they have and the tight ends they have. But the, the biggest thing is staying in your lane. You get out of your lane, they're gone for a touchdown. 
And that's the one thing that we've talked about time and time again about keeping focus, being focused on defense and not letting, you know, it, it, happened, it happened this week with all the, all the receivers, you know, Ray Ray McLeod and like I said, Claypool and everything and keeping your lanes and keeping your eyes on the certain people because once you get out of it, they're on for a big run and the Ravens will do that to you and they'll gash you and they'll gash you for touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah, this comment by Gino, I do want to address it. You know, Wentz last week, I mean, he did learn last week to dump the ball, throw the ball away a little bit. He did not do that today. That's probably where he made the biggest mistakes. He was holding on the ball too long. He did extend, by holding on to it too long, he was able to extend a few plays. But on the flip side, some of those plays that he held on too long, he took some sacks on. He, he needs to make a better decision running the ball better, though, or making on the run better decisions. He needs to just move, though. That's the thing. Like, he's not on the run enough. You know, Doug Peterson still is not calling those rollouts, those move-the-pocket type plays that he's known for. So I think that's more on Doug's play calling than Carson Wentz's decision-making there. They have to cater more to Wentz. Yeah, Brian checked in on the gimmicks. Yeah, we've already talked yeah. about that. The gimmicks, either you got to do it more or you got to do it less, but you definitely have to stop doing it in the crunch moments of the game. And and the thing is, other other teams run these run these gimmicks and run these receiver runs and everything and make these big plays. Eagles try to do it, and it seems like it's it's like elementary football. They're not getting anywhere, and that's the other thing that's that's frustrating as a fan. But you know what what, what Garrett said here? They need to get Wentz to roll out instead of staying in the pocket with the RPOs. Exactly, they need to go to his strengths, work around what he does best, and that's what they did with Foles with the RPO. Is they went kind of catered around him. Why not cater your offense around what Wentz can do? It's it's not even the rollouts, the RPOs. The few times this year, I I mean, I'm not the stat geek. I don't have every stat in front of me all the time. But I would love to see how many times this season they've run a natural RPO, like a real RPO. And because it seems like to the eye test, the few times a game they run the RPO, it's pretty successful. And they definitely need to do that more. The rollouts, that's tough with rollouts because if your offensive line's not protecting perfectly, you, you open up your quarterback to get hit big when he turns around on that rollout. But the RPOs need to be done more. Uh, that is for sure. And George's comment, this is going to be a killer next week. You know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> LJ Ford, Ford. You know? That is one that, you know, just think. We could have LJ Fort instead of Nathan Geary right now. And they let LJ Fort go because they wanted a compensatory pick. Yeah. Yeah, you love your compensatory picks too, not, don't you? Not for LJ Fort. Yeah, six. I count. I don't know if that's six today or six overall this season. Uh, it's probably six today. But you had 50, 60 plays today on offense. Probably six RPOs is not enough. They need to be doing that. I mean, I think they ran more RPOs with Sam Bradford as a quarterback. Uh, six. She's checking in six total this year that she's counted or he's counted. Sorry. I'm looking at other comments too here. Uh, six RPOs total this year. I don't know if that's accurate or not, uh, but. You know, it definitely seems like it's not enough. I mean, Sam Bradford was running RPOs and with success. You know, a run-pass option, people think that RPOs just instantly mean your quarterback's running the ball. That's not what it means. It's a run-pass option. You either hand it off to Sanders or you pass the ball. Um, It doesn't mean Carson has to run the ball more, and that's that's the big problem right there. You You know, they're not doing that enough. And the few times they've done it, it has been successful. And, you know, I just want to go off of I know they lost but I want to do a player of the game if you want to give your player of the game um, he's saying that uh, George is checking in so you're you're not right on that that he traded them away not uh, you know let them go but still it doesn't matter you know it, it, it is what it is it's not on Howie I, I, I kind of agree with you on that 
but the GM still can make, uh, you know, make some decisions there and overrank the coaches if they really had any power. Were you saying players of the game? Yeah, so... I mean, I, you got to go with Fogum, don't you? You know, I mean, he obviously had a breakout game today, but honestly, I'm going to go Carson Wentz. You know, I'm still not bringing back the hashtag or anything like that. Don't say um, it. Carson played well. He kept this team in the game, but, you know, uh, George is saying Ford had zero snaps before he was traded. Yeah, I, it's just a bad overall job by the team as a whole, evaluating talent, signing the right talent, drafting the right talent, trading for the right talent. There's so much that can go wrong. But, yeah, I'll say Carson went. I know you want to say Fogum or somebody else. So I'll say Carson was my player of the game because he definitely kept us in this game as long as he could today. And I said, you're right. I, I was going Fogum on that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a little bit of a Fogum, and I'm going to I'm going to give it to the Steelers Claypool. Claypool four touchdowns. I know it's no, an Eagles show. Just copying Eagles here. Well, I said I'm going to group them together just because these young guys, and you have all these other players around like the Juju Schuster and Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders. But Travis Fogum, ten catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown. And it and they and they weren't cheapy catches. He went up and got a couple of them right at the top. High point, high point in the ball, making great catches, and running great routes. We we, we lost, so Brian Brian wasn't checking in with the bum of the game, not who the star of the game is. You know, I think that's a good. I, I, I think Brian brings up a good point there. You know, who's your bum of the game? Because there are a lot to choose from. You know, George checking in. McLeod played out of his mind. He did actually make a. I wrote his name down three or four times with stars next to it. He definitely made a lot of good plays today. He's just not the emotional leader that Jenkins or Dawkins is, and that's what we're missing on that defense, along with a million other issues and all. Yeah. But who's the bum of the game? All right, so the bum of the game. I'm going to have to give the bum of the game. I'm going to have to go Jalen Mills. Um, I was going to go Nate Gary, but it seems like that's every single game. But yeah. J- Jalen Mills, you know, a couple of tackles miss, and how playing off the one big catch to Schuster, he played way off backpedaled all the way because I don't think he wanted to get beat on a double move. But I'm, I'm going to have to go I'm gonna have to have go Jalen Mills, unfortunately, with that. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it makes I'm not going to go uh, a coach. I'm agree with Morris checking in again. You know, again, everybody, thanks for checking in. I appreciate yeah. all the coaching comments staff, and the huh? questions and stuff. I'm going to go the coaching staff, specifically Jim Schwartz. Your I buddy. mean, his game plan has been atrocious week in and week out. You know, we won last week despite him. Um yeah, you got you got to go Schwartz. You got to go the coaching staff, the game plans, a hundred percent. You know, George is saying Mills as well. Um, D coordinator is the bum. Yeah, I mean, he's one hundred percent the bum of the game. Yeah, it, it all boils down to. I mean, there's a lot of points of the game that we lost the game on, but leaving Geary in there at that moment, at the end of the game, the guard Chase Claypool one on one when he's already got three touchdowns. Call a timeout if you're mismatched. Yeah. Don't even have him out there to begin with, but call a timeout. You know, get him off the field. There's no reason for that play to happen. And we say we stop them on that play. They kick a field goal instead of a touchdown. You know, the game, instead of nine-point win, it's only six. You know, or five or whatever the math is. Math was never my strong suit. You know, sorry. <laughs> I, I tried to do math. Five points. All right, I, I figured out. It took me a few seconds to get the hamster rolling up there. Um you call a timeout, we're still in the game. And then maybe you're not pressing so much on that last offensive drive, which ended in another interception. You know, it, it is what it is, but Jim Schwartz has got to do a better job with these defensive players. It's, it's, it's awful. So he's a bum. 
of the game of the season thus far. Exactly. And, you know, we've, we've said it time and time again. We're going to make that regular segment the bum of the game. I like that. But, the, you know, we say it time and time again, and, and it, you've said it and i said it. It's getting to a point of I'm getting tired of keep having to say the same thing again and again, especially with Jim Schwartz. Not, not being able to focus yourself enough to be able to make adjustments during the game, which he doesn't do. He just keeps going, rolling, just, oh, I'll just keep rolling my game plan. Hopefully it'll work because I, I studied for it. No, it doesn't work that way. You need to be able to adjust. The Steelers, after that first drive, saw the pressure and everything. They adjusted right away. They started doing different things. Jim Schwartz just decided to keep keep rolling with what he what he what he wanted to do, and at one point, they scored on every single possession. Basically, long drives, touchdown, touchdown, and yeah, Jim Schwartz doesn't set the trends. No, he does not. You know, Tori, check it in. She's stealing my set the trends hashtag now. Get off my screen, Tori. Don't steal my hashtags. But, uh, last two games, Hurts oh. had 15 yards on 11 catches. Greg Ward numbers. Yeah, I mean. Bum of the game. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bad job there. Yep, no adjustments. You give Doug a pass for Super Bowl, but not Schwartz. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. You know, Schwartz, uh, uh, Doug Peterson's leash is a little bit longer. So is Carson Wentz's. But Howie and Jim Schwartz's leash should be getting pulled back a little bit. I mean, there's got to be more talk about that. I mean, we talk about it on All About the Birds all the time. But not enough people around the, the area are talking their leash being cut enough. And, you know, just a couple of people I know. Uh, I just want to, you know, give a couple of shout outs. Um, one, uh, at Last Out Media. Uh, we stream on their site, lastoutmedianetwork.com. Um, at Heat Ratio Sports, uh, Tony and the guys are great. Uh, at Athletes Hub. Um, but you can follow us at All About the Birds. Just keep, up there. Just keep, and, keep going. And uh, Phil's going to do his little pumping. So no, I'm not saying it's holding it up, you know. But, uh, you know, you know if you want to... for a commercial tonight. Uh, you know, follow us all about the birds, our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's like you're watching over here. You know, smash those like buttons, tweet, retweets. Always send us a question, anything like that. Even if we're not live, always, you know, give us a question. Uh, we're running videos out. If there's any videos you want to see, old-time videos, um, don't hesitate to uh, send some messages. Um, but you can follow Phil at Beard of Knowledge, all his great, all his great takes and his set to trends. Um, you can follow myself at JohnnyU9322. You can follow uh, Jeff Warner. At Jeff Warner, NFL. Uh, he will be back on. Don't worry. He's just on the – we're just getting him healthy. But uh, – Yeah. Um, just, just getting better. So that's a good thing. But that's a great – we're happy he's back home and everything. But uh, – We're getting all the jokes in here at the end of the show here. It's okay. Yep. But uh, – But like I said, it was it's, it's a tough loss. But yeah. don't forget yep. to check us out on Wednesday night. We're going to be breaking 915, down – 9-15, live as always. 9-15, live on Wednesday. We'll be – breaking down the Ravens. Hopefully uh, we'll get Jeff on the show with us. Uh, hopefully he's, he's good enough to come on and uh, join us, get his uh, spazzy Jeff, like people like to call him, uh, get him back on the show. But uh, we want to thank everyone commenting, everyone listening. Uh, <laughs> Tori is just on fire all yeah. of a sudden. I don't know who comes back first. We're going to have to we'll, – we'll have to check our team doctors over at All About the Bird and see what they say. But uh, as I said, we, we thank everybody. Hopefully we can uh, – uh, come back and uh, break down a great uh, Ravens preview for you on Wednesday night. But the only thing we do when we finish the show, we end it with some Go Birds! Go Birds! You know what you gotta do. Do it. Can you feel what
gotta get out there and 